This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. You're listening to Snowbound with Muffy Ritz. I'm George Thomas in Boulder, Colorado. Muffy's checking in from Ketchum, Idaho. Got a big ski race coming up this weekend, Muffy? Yeah, it's the first race of the season for the Sun Valley folks. And it's always the hardest race because nobody's um, in race-ready shape. So it is one of those ones that just, you, you look forward to it because it's the first one, but you don't look forward to it because it hurts so much. Yeah, but so much of what you do hurts. So this has got to be just normal life for you. Well, but this one, you, you just you forget how to pace yourself. So you go out too hard. And this one, it's um, I'm probably going to do this. They have an option of a nine k or a six k. I'm only probably going to do nine kilometer or six kilometers. But it sounds short. But let me tell you, it is like minute for minute. It's hard, and you go out too hard the first two Ks, which is all uphill, and then you suffer the rest of the way. And um, it's okay, though. You get it out of your system, and you blow out the carbon, and then every other race after that is easier. <laughs> skate or classic? What? Is it skate or classic? Oh, oh, it's skate. Um but you, there's always classic tracks set, and so this is a skate race, and it's um, there's going to be probably about 100 people doing it, including all the kids from our local uh, Sun Valley Junior Nordic team. So they, they have a 1K, a 3K, a 6K, and a 9K, so people can choose. And um, I just wrote the local wax tip for Toco USA, and... Um, going to be a cold overnight and warm during the day so uh we should have pretty good conditions but it um i have to say it snowed 10 inches today here and and the whole place was snowbound i mean we the whole town shut down today so it's pretty cool now you're a rosignol athlete what's kind of your background in nordic skiing my background oh, i um Let's see, I was going to University of Colorado, and I decided I'd join the Nordic team, not knowing how to Nordic ski, but I joined it anyway, and learned how to Nordic ski, so I skied for University of Colorado for two years, made All-American the second year, skipped in the country, which I was quite pleased with, and then after that, I, I, I was skiing for Rosignol, 
And uh, my third year of skiing, I was named to the U.S. ski team. So it went pretty quickly. Um, and I skied for Rosignol and the U.S. ski team for about four years. And then I started coaching, and that's where I'm at now. I'm coaching eight stories. Um, I still race for Rosignol ski team, and I've started with them in 1980. Um, and I think I'm the longest Rosignol skier, the longest lasting Rosignol skier in the country at 35 years with Rosignol, um, which I'm a very dedicated person. <laughs> Why have you stuck with the company so long? Well, they have great equipment. I mean, I love the skis. I love the boots. Over the years, I've had offers from other ski companies. Um, while I was in the U.S. ski team, various companies were trying to persuade me to switch, and I never, I just didn't have a reason. And then once I started the Vamps, um, 140 women strong, uh, what I ski on, the Vamps tend to ski on. So there were a few companies courting me there, too. Um, but I just really liked the Rosino product. And I'm just um, a Rosignol person. Now, Muffy, I thought you had a background in Alpine as well. Yeah, I started, well, I became a Nordic, I mean, I'm sorry. I was an Alpine skier from age three. And I started racing Alpine in seventh grade and raced through about senior year. Um and I always skied on Rosignol. I think my, actually, I think my first skis might have been Fisher, but um, I went to Rosignol when I was in eighth grade and skied on Rosignol the rest of my racing, alpine racing career, and then moved right from there into the Rosignol Nordic skis. So I've been a rooster skier all my life. Now, what was it about Nordic that kind of lured you away from alpine? Actually, I don't think Nordic lured me away from Alpine, but um, I kind of got tired of Alpine, and I realized that I was a good runner. And it just um, it was a good combination. If you knew how to Alpine ski and you had all that background of skiing and turning and going downhill and going fast, and, and then you combine that with a good aerobic base of running, it makes all the sense to be an Nordic skier. And even today, when I have new skiers to teach, I ask them, are you an Alpine skier? And if they say yes, then I know it's going to be, they're going to take to it quite quickly. Interesting. Now, I've been talking with some of the people on the U.S. team, and they're telling me that they travel with up to 40 pairs of skis. Uh, in fact, some have set upwards of 70 pairs of skis. When you go to a race, how many skis do you take with you? <laughs> Definitely not 40 pairs of skis. Um, I'm not as serious as those you know, cup skiers by any means. I bring two pairs of skis, generally, and uh, they'll be waxed uh, similarly, but they'll be one different. Like maybe the top coat is different. Where the structure is different. 
but um, I generally don't want to make a lot of decisions. So if, uh, if I bring too many skis, it's way too hard of a choice to make right before the race. So I'd rather just have one choice. Now, you were talking about Toco. Are you your own ski tech as well, or do you have someone who works on your equipment? No, no. I'm my own ski tech. Um, in the past, I've had a few Rosmo uh, coaches and waxers wax my skis for the World Masters or the Nationals, but um, 90% of the time I wax my own skis, and I have to say I think I'm a pretty good waxer. <laughs> Is it, does that actually kind of get you prepared for the race itself? I mean, either get your mind off of what's coming up or does it help get you focused? Well, I would say I, I generally prepare two pairs of skis and Toco, why I like it so much is it's really got a broad range. Um, and so I can always feel pretty confident that what I've got is going to be at least within the ballpark. It may not be the fastest, but it's never going to be the slowest. So I I try not to worry too much about the wax. And we all know it's the body more than the wax that's going to win the race. What's your favorite discipline? Um, well, if it's choosing between skate and classic, I would say I'm a better skater but I think I like classic better. Um, and I've just recently had a knee replacement, and I think that classic is going to be easier on my knee than skating. So I guess my boat goes for classic. Now, you do all sorts of racing year-round. Skiing seems to be really special for you, though. You talk about that a lot. What is it about skiing that really grabs you? I would say I really like Nordic skiing because it, it's it got to be the hardest sport there is out there. Um, you have to have an incredible endurance base. You need to be, you need to know the technique. Um, and it's very important that you're good at, at either classic or skate to even try to go fast. And you've got to be strong, upper body, lower body, core, back, you know, um, biceps, triceps, quads, hamstrings, you name it. Even your little finger has to be strong. So um, I don't know. It's kind of encompassing. It, it encompasses the entire body, and I just really. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Like the freedom of the sport and how much you have to work at it. Yeah, it's interesting what you bring up. I was talking with Ryan Green in the first podcast we did on Snowbound and about Nordic skiers crossing the line. That's the one sport where you see people come in who really seem at the top of their game just collapse at the finish, and there doesn't seem to be anything dramatic or fake about that. I don't think there is anything fake. Um, if, if there was any fake, it might be these little kids, you know, that they're emulating the World Cup skiers and, you know, they're like eight years old and they do a 1K and they come across a line and they fall down. <laughs> I don't quite think that's real. But it's if you're going all out, and I've, I've collapsed a couple times, um, you come across a line and you have nothing left to give. You can't even stand up. So you just drop. Um it is sort of a fad. I've seen it be a fad, but it's not. It is real. It's real. You see some of those World Cup skiers, they come across and they just, especially in the longer races, they just dive across the line and they're down for probably 30 seconds to a minute. It's real. Yeah, it's it's that hard. Now, what have you really seen as the difference between racing when you were younger and racing on the master circuit? Um, oh, the master circuit's way more fun. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I take my ladies, my vamps, um, to well, we went to Italy two or three years ago, and next year we're going to Switzerland, and it's it's very intense racing. I'm, my competitors are from Russia and Finland, Italy, Switzerland, and they're good. I mean, I have to race hard, hard, hard. But most of the people in these races, they're they're having fun. The Americans, the, uh, the women that I'm bringing, my vamps, they don't even care if they finish the race or go the right way. In fact, a lot of my vamps got disqualified for going the wrong way, and they had the best time. So it's the pressure's off on these world masters. Um, you race hard, but you really have fun. Can you tell us about Vamps? What exactly it is? Well, Vamps is a women's Nordic ski group that I started back in '97, and um, started with four. Well, actually, one woman that wanted lessons, and I told her to get a small group together. And that small group was four the first year, and now we have grown up to 140 women. Um, and we have about, oh, 10 coaches. So uh, it's just a fun group of middle-aged, mostly middle-aged intermediate women that just want to learn how to ski better. And it's not a racing group, um, although there is a racing class. It is just literally getting women out on their skis and showing them how to ski so they can enjoy this wonderful sport. You work with them year-round, don't you? Um, not quite year-round. Not quite. We do start, um, actually, we do some dry land training in the summer once a week with a sort of select group, but we start um, 
real dryland training with uh, about 100 women in September. We go September, October, and part of November. And then we take a couple weeks off. And then we begin the ski group, and we add probably 20 or 30 more when the skiing starts. Start in December, and we'll go December, January, February. So, in essence, it's probably at least six months a year, if not seven or eight. So, yeah, it's it's quite full-time. You're listening to Snowbound. We're visiting with Muffy Ritz out of Ketchum, Idaho. Got our first race of the 2015-2016 season coming up this weekend. Where exactly is this course, Muffy? Um, the race is up um, just north of Ketchum, Idaho, in a place called Galena or Galena Lodge. And it's about 20 miles north of Ketchum, Idaho. And it's just this winter wonderland of trails and a wonderful lodge with a heated floor, log cabin lodge unbelievable food. They have dinners there, they have breakfast there, and they've got great skiing. So that's where the race is, and it's kind of a kickoff race for the season. So we know it's going to be tough. How do you prepare for your first event? Well, yesterday I went out and cranked out some intervals, um, lactate threshold intervals, um, which were hard. And today, let's see, I went and skied sort of long and easy through about four inches of powder because it was snowing like the dickens. And tomorrow, um, I might do a little spin class and rest on Saturday. And so I'll be all rest ready to go for Sunday. Are you your own coach? Oh, of course, I'm my own coach, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, the... The only thing I, if if I could say how I got coached or how I get coached now is I have somebody take a video of me on my iPhone and I look at it and I figure out what I need to work on. So that's pretty much my coaching um, of myself. But I'm also coaching a lot of women that are going to be in this race and um, they're all nervous about it, but they should do fine. What are you noticing since your knee replacement? Is skiing easier for you? Um, what I notice is that my knee doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> and I am a little bit tentative, though, on the downhills because I just don't want to fall and crank my my new knee out of joint or whatever. I don't know if that can even happen. But um, there's just some mental issues when you have a replaced joint. And I've got a, a hip on my right side and a knee on my left side. And um, pretty soon I won't remember the knee replacement. So um, it should be fine. I'll, I'll let you know after the race how it went. And we will be talking Sunday night after the race, so I can't wait to hear. I love that you're not yeah. using it as an excuse or anything like that. No. Everybody knows I can't. There's no excuses. So, Muffy, first race coming up this weekend. Then you've got a fat bike race, correct? Right. That's, um, let's see, that is next weekend. And is that going to be in the snow? That is in the snow. Mm -hmm. um, it's by Island Park, um, Idaho, and, wait, is it Idaho? Yeah, I think it's Idaho, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's Montana. Anyway, um, it's about 40 miles, 
60-some K, and I've ridden up that bike once in my life. So this should be an interesting um, race. I just feel like I need to try it out. And then what are the key events of the coming ski season for you? Um, let's see. Key events will be, um, well, few local races. They're not key, but the big one I'm doing is called the City of Lakes Lopic. And it's um, in Minneapolis, and it's 42K Classic on Saturday and 42K State on Sunday. So that's 84 kilometers of, of Nordic racing in a weekend, which is really tough. Um, so I'm hoping I can ski enough this winter and train enough to be able to um, make it that distance and secondly to do okay in it. I would love to win my age group, and um, there's some really good competitors in the Midwest, so uh, we'll see what happens. So you're out there to have fun, but you're also still very competitive, correct? Oh, absolutely. Okay, thank you. I mean, you. I love to race, so I have fun racing, but you would never, I, would, I would never say that I'm not competitive. I get a bib on. And I go as hard as I can. As soon as that bib is off my body, I turn into a different person. You know, um, I don't train that well. You know, I don't, I like to train, but I don't train that hard. And, but when I put a bib on, I'm a, I'm a racing machine, I guess. I just love it. Muffy, we sure wish you all the best on Sunday. And I look forward to catching up and hearing all about what happened Sunday night. All right, George. Thanks. Snowbound with Muffy Ritz. I'm George Thomas in Boulder, Colorado. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.